Hey guys, it me, I'm back. It's a pretty cloudy day here in Fresno, enjoying the clouds while they last before it's 110 degrees and everyone is miserable. You know, I hate when people say, oh, I'm so sick of the rain. Well, guess what? Pretty soon you're going to want that rain and the clouds. So I try not to complain too much about the weather here. I'm enjoying it, that's for sure. So, sorry about the break. Uh, This podcast thing and scheduling is kind of hard, especially when I'm super busy here at work, but I'm doing my best to, um, I mean, I wanted it to be a bi-weekly thing, but it's ended up being more like a month, month and a half thing, which I I don't really want that either. I would ideally put out at least two episodes a month, aka bi-weekly. So, I'm doing my best. Bear with me. And, um... If you've been listening from the beginning and you're still listening, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, some updates, I guess, personal updates. I um, I decided to switch over my website to be kind of like a podcast merchandise website. So my old website was com. So I actually just redirected it basically to a different URL. So now it's my best vintage lifepodcast.com. It's all the same stuff. So I still have a website. Some people have asked me about that. Can I still shop your stuff? Yes, you can. You can head on over there. I'll also put it in the podcast notes in case, you know, you're not a fast typer or you're driving or something like that. But anyways, um, I decided to start designing barrettes. I really wanted to keep designing, but I felt like the uh, the clothing thing was just getting way too stressful for me. I can't, I just can't handle depending on flaky people. You know, a lot of the production partners that I was dealing with weren't exactly, um, I don't know, I don't know how to word it, but I just wasn't happy doing, doing that. So the barrettes, I can do all on my own. I know that probably sounds a little bit like a control freak, but at least I know I'm holding myself account- accountable, basically, by doing them. So I'm using uh, these really cool metal barrette findings. So they're like the ones that you slide into your hair and then they snap shut. Um, they're made in France, which is nice. I didn't want to use anything made in China. So the quality's there. Um, and it's crazy what people are charging for barrettes nowadays. Like people are charging upwards of $30 for something made in China. That's probably going to fall apart in a few months. So um, my prices are much more reasonable than that. And it's all using good quality product. So the top of the bread is, um, scrap leather hides. So it's cool. I have all different kinds of colors, metallics, some fuzzy ones. I'm just kind of in the process of making a big batch of them and then uh, getting them photographed for, for the website. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I think barrettes, are having a moment right now and I think it's something that you could even if it's not necessarily in style anymore you can always use um I used one for washing my face the other day and that actually came in handy pretty well so anyways just in the process of making my barrettes um and I'll be posting pictures of them too on the Instagram if you're interested in them in the meantime, before I get them posted on the website, you can always reach out to me via my Best Vintage Life podcast on Instagram or through my personal Instagram if you're following that one as well. 
Uh, before I begin today's podcast, I just want to give a shout out to Emily in Los Angeles. Uh, she sent me a really nice message on Instagram just saying that she had been looking for a podcast like mine forever and was so glad uh, that she had found it. And she was just kind of looking for some advice about, you know, breaking into the vintage industry, working in the vintage industry. Uh, So thanks, Emily, for listening, and I hope you continue to do so. Um, So yeah, her uh, message kind of inspired my episode today. Because I thought maybe, you know, maybe I'm not doing enough to uh, to be a good example for you guys on how you can break into the vintage industry or at the very least how to self-educate. So that's really the theme of today's episode is vintage self-education. Um, but before I do that, I kind of wanted to start doing this on the podcast, a little consistent segment of mine that I, I'm going to call What I'm Feeling ATM at the moment. So vintage wise, what am I feeling at the moment? Well, right now I have um, two things that I'm into. One would be surf and skate brands like from the 90s. Um, I always liked that stuff as a kid. I used to love going into PacSun, although being poor, I feel like we couldn't really afford anything. Anytime I got any kind of piece of clothing like that, I cherished it because it wasn't something I could just, you know, get something every weekend when we went to the mall or whatever. It was just something that was more special every once in a while. I remember I had a Roxy Quicksilver wallet, which I loved. I also had their perfume. Do you guys remember that? It was called Hula and it came in a bottle with like a Hula doll on it. It smelled really good. Um, but anyways, looking back, I still love all that stuff. And I think being in California, probably even more so, I definitely, I'm, I'm a terrible swimmer. I taught myself how to swim. I never took swimming lessons. So surfing to me, while it's cool to watch, uh, scares the shit out of me, but totally admire anybody that can do it. Uh, but I used to skateboard a lot as a kid. Now I'm not saying I was like dropping into a bowl and like doing jumps or anything like that. But I used to skateboard around my neighborhood on the flat and uh, I really liked it. I think it was good for balance. And I remember my skateboard. I think my brother found it somewhere that or he stole it. Who, who the hell knows now? <laughs> it had an alien on it, which, you know, at the time, I mean, I still am really into the supernatural, but I thought, man, this is such a cool skateboard. It had an alien on it. So just a little, uh, just a little, surf and skate history of my life but it's just cool to find those kinds of brands and and reminisce back to to childhood and you know they're actually very coveted I feel like there's always someone in here at the warehouse looking for surf and skate stuff and uh yeah it's fun to find those treasures I'm also really feeling plaid right now I'm wearing this like short sleeve plaid button down shirt which is like probably a little boy shirt I typically wear little boy sizes and stuff like that. Um, Doesn't always work out when you have a larger chest, but you just kind of have to size up. So um, I really, I really like the shirt I'm wearing. It's just like a weird mix of, of colors. So it's like, like chartreuse green, yellow, orange, a bright blue and navy. I don't know. I know that sounds really weird, but it totally works. And it's cotton and comfortable. So I'm kind of feeling these little short sleeve plaid shirts 
for girls. I mean, and for guys too. I feel like guys have always kind of worn this stuff, but um, I don't know. That's what I'm feeling. ATM. Okay. So in terms of vintage self-education, so in my experience doing what I do, I come across a lot of people who think that they know vintage um, and they really don't. Obviously, I'm not an, that much of an asshole to tell them that. But, um, you know, it's really hard to, to teach yourself about vintage because it's not something that is easily accessible, like, in terms of a degree. There's no such thing as a vintage clothing degree, at least here in the United States. There are some cool fashion degrees over in the UK, of course. Um, so, but I'll get into college a little bit later. Uh, but anyways, you know, just going to a thrift store and doing like thrifting, I really wouldn't consider that like self-educating yourself on vintage. It, the vintage industry is so much more than that. Um, and I think like one of the most important pieces of learning about vintage is knowing fashion history. It's not just being able to look at something and say, yes, this is vintage or no, it isn't. It's it's understanding, you know, the timeline of things in the industry and the trends and, you know, how cyclical everything is and knowing designers. So it's it's a little bit more than going to a thrift store and buying a few cute pieces of stuff and putting it together. I'm not saying like that's not fun or that's not a good way to learn, but there are better ways to learn and um, self-educate yourself. So my uh, first suggestion would be, and this is groundbreaking, everyone, get ready, read a book. Okay. <laughs> I don't think anybody is reading enough nowadays anyways. And that's a really great way of of educating yourself. I mean, think about it. You go to college, right? Anybody that is listening that's gone to college, you know you have to buy your books for your classes. Well, I mean, if you haven't gone to college yet and you want to pursue vintage, okay, then treat it like the same thing. Go out and buy some books. I don't ever look at books as like an unnecessary expense because I feel like it's an investment in myself. I'm learning from it. So that's definitely one area in my life where I've never been like, eh, Bridget, need to cut back a little bit, you know, like I do with, I don't know, shoes, purses, um, because I just, I've always learned from books. Um, so there are so many fashion books out there, fashion history books. I'm not going to sit here and list them. Um if you want to reach out to me privately through Instagram or through email, whatever, for some suggestions, I'd be happy to do that for you. Um, But one way to save money is to check out your local library, okay? The library is such an unused resource, it's not even funny. If you don't have a library card, get yourself a library card. They're free. And it's just a good way to save some money. So say, for example, oh, I saw this book on Amazon about vintage shoes and I want to read it, but I'm not sure if I'm really going to like it or the reviews are like a little iffy. Well, check your local library. You never know. They might have it. Maybe they won't. But if they do and you get it and it's not good and it's kind of, you know, the reviews were bad and you can see why, then, okay, you saved yourself $25. Um. So I've I've always been pretty big on 
checking out a book at the library first if I can. And then if I really like it and I think it's going to be a useful resource in my life, then I'll I'll make the investment and I'll I'll purchase it. So I say read as many books as you can on whatever topics interest interest you and uh, check out the library. Or, you know, if you're going to buy the book, try to support a local bookseller, um, you know, versus buying on bigger websites. I just think it's the right thing to do. They could always order it for you. Um, if you're in Portland, you're really lucky and you have access to stores like Powell's Books, which is just, oh my God. If you've never been to that store and you're going to Portland, good God, please go. And I mean, go to the one in like downtown, which is just, I don't even know how many levels it is. All I remember is that the vintage, not the vintage, the fashion section was on the top story when I was there last time. And I can't even tell you how many hours I spent just looking at the books. And I mean, some of these books were so expensive, but it's because they were from like the sixties. There's this awesome book on Vidal Sassoon, not that that's fashion related, but just really, really cool old used books. Um, so I'm not saying like every city has something as cool as Powell's, but you know, go to a used bookstore or go to a bookstore that sells new books, but it's on a private smaller scale level, like a mom pa store and support small businesses that way. So that's all I have to say on the books. Um, you know, do your research. I was trying to do um, non-computer tech-related things because I think we all need a little bit of a break from technology. But, um, you know, there's a lot of really great resources online. So right now I'm in front of my computer. So if you hear me clicking around, that's okay. Um, I really like the Vintage Fashion Guild of America. They have a great selection of resource libraries. Um, I kind of think they're jerks because I've tried twice now to become a part of the Vintage Fashion Guild and they reject my application, um, which is bullshit, but whatever. I'll let it go. I'm going to give them credit anyways and say they have a really great resource. So I'm looking at it right now. Probably one of my favorite things um, on their website is their label resource. So it's a free library. You click on it and uh, it brings up like a little alphabet that you can click on. So let's just click on N, for example. You know, okay, here, this would be a really useful one for a lot of people nowadays, Nike. And you can click, and it basically brings up all different pictures of different labels from different eras, which is is really cool. Even if you're not using it to, like, look up a specific piece you might have bought or something like that, it's just very good for – um for self-education. So let me see what else do they have. I know they have, um, I want to say a hat. They have a hat resource. So I honestly, I think the people running this website are like a little on the, uh, the true vintage side. And when I say that, I mean like more of the early, early stuff versus like Most of the younger kids these days are into like 80s, 90s, early 2000s. But these ladies, I don't think there's many. I looked at like the board of directors. It was all women, I'm pretty sure. Um, They seem to be more into like the 40s, 50s, 60s stuff. So, oh, my computer is being so slow. 
we're trying to get fiber optic internet at the warehouse and it's just not working. They said it's going to take, they told us three months and then we called back and they were like, oh yeah, three more months. Um, anyways, just from what I remember, um, let me type it back in, see if that works. No. What I remember from the screen that I was just looking at is they have the label guide. They have a hat guide. I believe there was a lingerie guide. They also, so it was my favorite one, is like a vintage fur and exotic guide. Sorry to anyone listening out there that's against that sort of thing, but it is interesting to read because the fur industry has come a long way. Let's put it this way. There are a lot of animals that were being killed for their hides that I couldn't even believe some of the some of the stuff that I've seen in pictures. It's crazy. Things aren't still aren't great in terms of, you know, animals being, you know, slayed for their hides. That still happens, but it's gotten better. I mean, people used to kill all sorts of exotic animals that you, you know, you couldn't even touch nowadays. So, um you got lingerie, hats, labels, uh hides and oh i think here we go it's working fabric okay that is a really good one for anybody who wants to teach themselves more about vintage fashion in general fabric good to know um and also there is a fashion timeline for women's clothing and then the hats and the lingerie so doing research on websites i'm sure there's other websites like this this is just the one i've been using forever um I think it's just a good uh, good thing to do if you're looking to learn more. Okay, museums. So if you're planning a trip to a city, I'm not saying you have to live in a city, but check out the local museums and what kind of, um, you know, what kind of things they're going to have on display when you're going there. I know coming from Philadelphia, there's always at least one museum with some sort of like fashion or textile display going on. And I'm sure... There are, you know, out here on the West Coast, I'm sure there are things going on in L.A. and San Francisco. Like, at all times, there's always probably something you can go check out. I'm actually personally very excited because I'm going home um, this spring to see my best friend Kelly. And she and I are going to an exhibit at a museum in Delaware. And it is um, going to be featuring all not all the costumes but a good deal of costumes from the crown so if you haven't watched the crown on netflix you're really really missing out it's a an amazing show and the costumes are insane so i'm actually super excited to see everything from the show i almost cried when she told me um but just doing that sort of thing is is really good you know i mean you you're getting to see something in person and um you know, it's imp- I think it's important when you go to a museum, like, you actually take the time to read what you're looking at. So many people are just like, hmm, you know, there and gone. And, like, take the time to read what you're looking at. <laughs> Don't just stand there and take a picture of it if you're allowed to. You know, take the time to be in the moment and, and learn something. If you're on the East Coast, um, you know, they do the Met Ball first Monday in May. And there's always a theme. I don't know. Let's see what the Met Gala theme is this year. Theme 2019. Um, ooh. Okay, so they just announced it. 
three days ago, and the theme, this is from Vogue.com, the theme is camp, notes on fashion. Um, so I'm assuming... Yeah, like campy style. Oh my god, this is gonna be this is gonna be a really good one. So it's kind of hard for me to explain to you what what camp is. Um oh my god, this is gonna be so cool. Sorry, I'm getting uh I'm getting really excited. <laughs> I'm reading and not saying anything to you guys. Anyways, um so the theme is going to be camp. That makes me want to like fly to New York just to see this exhibit. I actually have never gone to any of the um no, I did one. I did one Met exhibit of the fashion. You know, they do the the show after the gala. Um, I regret not doing some that have recently been there, especially when I was living on the East Coast. But that is a really great one to check out if you live in New York. And I think it normally – yeah, let's see. It's going to run this year from May 9th through September 8th. So if you're going to be in New York during those – time that time frame make a trip to the uh the met and see camp notes on fashion okay um studying fashion history so a lot of schools nowadays offer um master's degrees in fashion history and then some schools have like undergrad courses that you can take toward a fashion degree based on fashion history i had a hard time finding any kind of fashion history undergraduate degree most of it was masters but the one thing i wanted to recommend to you is i don't know if you've ever heard of the business of fashion i used to have a membership and then it expired Um, but it's a really cool website it's european based but um i feel like it kind of is like women's wear daily if you follow wwd it's kind of similar to that but maybe just a little bit more intense on the business side uh right now they are running a special so they have online courses um and they are running a special so you pay 240 dollars you get a year's membership to the business of fashion so you get fashion news every day and they do like quarterly magazines as well So it's $240 a year, so that's $20 a month. Okay, so think about what stupid shit you spend $20 a month on. Not only do you get access to all the business of fashion stuff, but you also get to use, take any of the courses that they offer online. So yeah, it says right now, become a business of fashion professional member and gain access to all online courses for $240 a year. Usually uh, the courses are $195 each. So you're paying $240 for a year's membership and all courses. And um, so the courses, they have a build a direct-to-consumer brand, build your dream career, digital marketing, fashion styling, and image making, the art and science of buying and merchandising, and um, fashion history for today, which I think would be a really smart one to take. And the guy that teaches it, his name's Colin McDowell. He's British. He has a fucking MBE from the Queen. Um, which is a member of the British Empire. It's like the highest award you can be given as a British citizen for his like work in academia in terms of fashion. So he does the fashion history one. Um, 
if I were you and you're out there like, oh, I don't have money to pursue a degree. Well, 240 bucks, that's like, that's an insane deal for everything you get. I mean, I might even do it. I Like I said, my membership expired and I would love to take these classes just for fun. The lady that teaches the art and science of buying and merchandising is um, the brand and strategy director for Farfetch, which is also really cool. So check that out. Like I said, it works out to be about 20 a month. Um, no, obviously, like, no one's paying me to recommend anything that I'm advertising or I'm promoting. I'm just, you know, trying to give you guys some tips. I did my research. So, um, yeah, I would say if if you want an easy, like, quick way to learn a little bit, take these courses. If not, do some research on graduate-level courses or undergrad courses and see what you can do. Um, I don't know, like... I don't really get statistics on what age range is listening to my podcast. So for some of you, you might be past like the school age or you're like, I'm fuck it. I have like so much student loan debt. I'm not doing any more schooling, uh, which I totally get. So but if you're, you know, a young person out there who's just unsure of what to do, this might be a good step in the right direction. So Um, another way to uh, expose yourself to some fashion history is watching a documentary Kind of like with the books, I'm not going to sit here and list every fashion documentary every, ever made, um, but there are some really good ones out there. My personal favorite is from the 1990s. It's called Unzipped with Isaac Isaac Mizrahi. Um, it's just it's hilarious, and I think it exposes you to some really cool uh, fashion from the 1990s and you know 90s, the supers, the supermodels. So. That's my personal favorite. Um, If you have one that you'd like to recommend to me, maybe one that I haven't seen. I actually was just reading about one from the 80s about uh, Yoji Yamamoto that I've I've never heard of. So I'm kind of thinking about trying to track that down. I doubt it's on any of the streaming networks, so I'd probably have to buy it somewhere. But it looks pretty good. Um, And the last thing I was going to recommend is old magazines. Um, pretty easy to find. I, I don't have like one old magazine in particular that I that I enjoy, but I am going to grab one. Hang on. So <laughs> I'm sure you remember Art or me or one of us talking about his recent buying trip. Well, there were a ton of Playboys that we got out of the uh, the buy, but of course I like dug through Playboy after Playboy, hoping to find a fashion magazine, and of course. I found one, <laughs> which is fine. Um, it's this L magazine, the U.S. edition from August 1996, and it is so good. Um, who's on the cover? Tina Turner is on the cover, looking amazing. Of course, you know those legs. Um, it's just so it's so much fun to to look through it and. The editorials are actually so um, so relevant to right now. It's not even funny. Like, I feel like I'm looking at something from today. It's it's really, really good. Oh, my God. I've looked through this, like, five times now. And I just, every time I see things that I didn't notice the time before, maybe I'll post some pictures of it on, um, on Instagram. But, like, just looking at stuff like this, you learn so much. You know, you... You learn about brands, you learn about models, you learn about, 
pricing structure, how things have changed. You know, I saw some stuff in this magazine where like if it was that much money today, I would totally buy it. You know, I mean, shoes, these beautiful, crazy, intricate designer shoes for like $400, which now in equivalent to today's money, they're probably like $1,300. It's just, it's a cool learning experience. So I don't, I mean, I really don't know the best source for finding vintage magazines. I imagine specifically fashion ones, I should say. Um, It might be something that someone might be having like a yard sale and you, they have like a stack of them or I'm sure Etsy. They might be a little bit more expensive on Etsy, but, um, you know, there's there's definitely places to find them and find inspiration. So that's a pretty cheap way of going about doing some self-education. So those were really um, – those were my methods to, you know, help yourself out a little bit. Um, and we can all learn more. I am by no means completely – 100% educated on everything about vintage just because I've been doing it for a while. I think that would be arrogant to say so. Um, you know, Art and Rafi, they've been doing it for for years. And I'm sure that they have moments when they're still learning things too. I know Art has taught me a lot and I've taught him a lot. There's certain things that he's super passionate about that I don't know much about and vice versa. So you know, or maybe find a friend that's also into vintage and just get together, get, you know, like go out to dinner or something and just talk, you know, just, just learn from each other. That's another really great way is to find somebody else in life, um, who's passionate about what you like. I know there's that website that's, um, what is it? Meetups or whatever. Maybe in your city, you could start like a vintage fashion meetup and, get a bunch of like-minded people together and start start talking or you guys could do like a meetup at a museum. I think that could be a really fun way to to learn more as well. So that's all I really have on vintage self-education. Um, if you have any other questions about it, obviously you can, you know, reach out to me on Instagram. Like I said, Instagram is at my best vintage life podcast and the website is my best vintage life podcast.com. Uh, You know, and if you're listening and you like what you hear, obviously ratings are great. I love to see stars, Um, but reviews are also really good too. Reviews to me are like so much more meaningful because even if it's anonymous, like someone took the time out of their day to write it and uh, it's a good feeling. Sometimes I sit here when I'm recording and I'm thinking like, is anybody even listening to this? I hope somebody is, you know, and then I see a review from someone and I'm like, okay, that's nice. That was nice of them to do that. So uh, if you have the time to to rate and review, that would be awesome. And, uh, you know, I hope you all have a great weekend. I think this is going to go right now. It's Thursday, uh, April 4th here. So I'm going to try and push this to go live for the weekend. And uh, that's about all I have. So feel free to send any questions my way. Otherwise, stay safe and don't be basic. Bye.